Hi, and welcome to Anatomith. We're talking about nightmare creatures again in this episode, specifically nightmare creatures that are native to the Southeast Asian region. We'll talk about a syndrome called SUNS, Sudden Unexplained Nocturnal Death Syndrome, and we'll go over a brief history of it, as well as some instances which really brought the syndrome into greater attention. And as usual, we'll close off with what we actually know about this syndrome. Anatomyth is a podcast about stories, conjecture, and the human body. Humans have long been using stories as a way to make sense of the world around them. This podcast looks at these stories, the myths, legends, lore, and fairy tales, and tries to find an aspect of medicine that fits in with certain aspects of fiction. I'm Audrey, your host. I'm a medical student who's always been interested in such stories, and I love looking for connections, even though they sometimes don't exist. Please remember that any recommendations I might make shouldn't be taken too seriously. I'm not yet a medical professional, and what I say shouldn't be counted as medical advice. Likewise, the proposed link between myth and medicine shouldn't be counted as fact. This is a podcast that's primarily for entertainment purposes, and it's filled with speculation and conjecture. This is episode 10, In the Dead of Night. In the very first episode of this podcast, I talked about nightmare creatures. From witches to spirits to a dog with steel paws, we went through a selection of sit-on-your-chest-and-suffocate-you beings from many parts of the world. I then compared a nightmare visitation to the symptoms of obstructive sleep apnea. Not exactly a traditional take, and also probably not the most fitting take. There's a reason why these experiences are most commonly ascribed to sleep paralysis, after all. In this episode, I'm taking a less improbable angle. As I already mentioned in the first episode, there were many more nightmare creatures that I hadn't been able to talk about, and I'm going to go over a few more of them today. I still won't be talking about sleep paralysis, though, but instead something called Sudden Unexplained Nocturnal Death Syndrome, or SUNS, a phenomenon that's been observed primarily in certain Southeast Asian populations. In the aftermath of the Vietnam War, thousands of Hmong were forced to flee from Laos and into the United States, seeking safety, freedom from persecution, and a chance at remaining alive. But as it turned out, many wouldn't find safety in this new country either. Shortly after his arrival in the United States, a young man in his 30s was lying in bed and he couldn't seem to get any sleep. He said he was so tired. He'd been working tirelessly, trying to make money, wanting to go to school. But he'd been thinking so much about all of these problems that he kept waking up. When all of a sudden, he heard a noise. And of course, the very human response to hearing a noise in your room, late at night, is to turn towards it. And try as he might, our young man was incapable of this. Out of the corner of his eye, though, he could see a dark shape moving towards his bed. 
It climbed over, settling like a heavy weight on his entire body. His chest was frozen, he says, like he had no air and was drowning. The man tried everything, yelling so that someone sleeping near him could hear, using any amount of strength that he could muster up, all in vain. He lay there a long time and thought, what if I die? At some point, the pressure left, and as soon as he could, he staggered to his feet and turned on all the lights, terrified to fall asleep again. This man was lucky. He had survived. From the first reported death in 1977, up until the 1980s, more than 100 Hmong, nearly all male and relatively young, died very suddenly in their sleep, likely due to the same phenomenon. Based on the description that the young Hmong gave, what he experienced is a very typical visitation by a nightmare creature. Our ancestors had different names for these creatures, the nightmare or night hag, Karabasan, Lietovans, Baktach, Mara, Bezanta, Altruk, the list goes on and on, and they come in different shapes and sizes too. The Hmong call this creature the Dacho, which generally showed up in the guise of an old woman. But some of those who were interviewed in the course of the investigation said that the Dacho looked like someone that they knew who had died in the war or someone from their home country. In my research on nightmare creatures in general, I didn't always come upon a particular reason for the attack. But when there was, it was most commonly a revenge thing as it is in this case. The Hmong believed that the Dacho was angry at them because they left their homeland and practically abandoned their culture and practices. I think this is a little unfair of the Dacho. There are a lot of factors that go into this abandonment of practices. Yes, some Hmong did convert to Christianity, whether of their own volition or just to fit in. But even if they didn't, well, just think, these are refugees, they've come straight from a war, and into another country with a completely different culture than their own. They're doing what they can just to survive, and it's the 70s. There probably aren't too many Laotian shops, or even Asian shops at that, around the corner where they can just pop in, get ingredients to cook what they normally would back home, never mind the materials for worship and rituals. But alas, creatures of folklore aren't really known for their acceptance of such extenuating circumstances and socioeconomic factors. So anyway, consensus was the Dacho was to blame for these sudden deaths. The symptoms of a visit from a nightmare creature, the pressure on the chest that you can't get rid of on account of being paralyzed, the extreme fear and feeling that you can't breathe, the feeling that there's someone or something else in the room, and the accompanying sounds, are usually ascribed to sleep paralysis. So much so, in fact, that in some cases, the word for nightmare creature is also the word that's used for sleep paralysis. But we're not talking about sleep paralysis in this episode, are we? Because I've already mentioned a couple of times that what we're talking about today is something else called sunts. And by the way, this isn't just me looking at these nocturnal Hmong deaths and going, 
Hey, you know what? It sounds like it could be Suns. I'm not nearly that clever. No, Suns was an actual diagnosis that was given to these deaths, as well as many others in similar circumstances. As I mentioned before, Suns has so far appeared to occur predominantly in certain Southeast Asian populations. The refugee Hmong are one such population. The academic terms differ, as do the folkloric creatures said to cause this. The definition of these terms across different Southeast Asian cultures are pretty similar. Although Suns seems to have been first described in the Philippines in 1917, and there have been multiple studies from multiple countries over the last hundred years, the series of deaths of the Hmong immigrants in the late 70s to early 80s is one of the best documented and best known cases. I'm not too sure why, but I'm guessing that it has something to do with the sheer number of people who died in such a short time frame. Before we get into what exactly Suns is, and here's a hint, unexplained is part of the actual name of the syndrome, I thought I'd go over a couple of different names for this syndrome in different countries, some details about what we know, as well as the creatures that are believed to have caused the deaths. In the Philippines, sons type deaths are colloquially called bangungot, and it's also one of the names of the creature that sits on your chest and suffocates you to death. The bangungot, also called batibat, is a very fat man or woman, usually naked, who lives in a tree. If one were to come along and cut that tree down, the creature will hide in a hole of the housepost, and eventually it'll get up on the chest of a sleeper and try to suffocate it to death. There are two names for the creature because, as is common in folklore, you've got different regions with a similar creature but slightly different names and possibly even different appearances. The batibat is from Ilocano folklore, and generally depicted as female, whereas the accounts of bangungat generally depicted as male. The victims of bangungat, the syndrome, not the creature, are generally young men in their 30s, apparently in good health, and who had eaten a heavy meal that night. In the middle of the night, these men would rise and moan. They may or may not wake up on their own, but if they aren't woken up, they would soon be found dead. Epidemiological studies have found that this primarily occurs in those Filipinos living in or who had migrated to the United States and other Pacific Islands. In Thailand, this sudden nocturnal death is called Lai Tai, which translates into die during sleep. Local lore says that these deaths may be attributed to a fee or a ghost. In the first episode, I mentioned the fee am, a spirit which sits on people's chests at night, suffocating them. Some sources say that it's the same being which causes these nocturnal deaths, but others refer to it just as a general widow ghost who would come out at night to take men's souls. Laitai is especially prevalent among villagers in northeastern Thailand, where the victims are, for the most part, again healthy young men. It may even have run in families. Some reported that for several generations, there were similar deaths which occurred to male members. Moaning and gurgling could also be heard in these victims' sleep right before they died. 
Several years ago, there was a cluster of deaths among Thai workers in Singapore, leading to Lai Thai receiving a lot of media attention. I also found many sources which gave the Japanese term for sons, Pokkuri, which means sudden unexpected death at night. I couldn't, unfortunately, find any specific nightmare creature that could be blamed for these deaths. Also, yes, I know that Japan isn't a Southeast Asian country, but hey, I'm just telling you what the research says. And now, before we dive into what we actually know about suns, here's a message from our sponsors. The Brinjal Company would like to announce its new range of lactocarium products. For centuries, this wondrous plant extract has been used for a myriad of ailments. From irritating cuffs that just won't go away, to joint pain, and even insomnia. With his new formulation, HP Brinjal has made lactocarium available in the form of lozenges, tinctures, powders, pills, and even syrups. What's more, everything is sourced from locally available wild lettuce and you can be sure of the highest quality every step of the way. Choose variety, choose the Brinjal Company. As you can probably tell from the name, Sudden Unexplained Nocturnal Death Syndrome is the long-winded version of they died at night, and we don't really know why. I already mentioned the demographic of Sun's patients quite a bit. Young men, apparently healthy, mean age in the early 30s, but most in their mid-20s through 40s, generally Southeast Asian, and probably an immigrant. They're also most likely the primary income earner of the family, and they're doing a lot of hard physical labor, but not really earning all that much. The actual incidence of suns in different populations is a little difficult to get a grip on. Different studies have different exclusion criteria, meaning what they do and don't consider to be suns that differs. So it's not a perfect system. But generally, these patients died suddenly in their sleep. And shortly before, they gurgled, gasped, or displayed some other kind of labored breathing in their sleep. And when I say apparently healthy, the researchers describe this as having no history of epilepsy or syncope episodes, fainting or loss of consciousness, because there's not enough blood going to the brain. Before I start, let me preface this by saying that I've never had as much trouble with the research for an episode as I've had for this one. And it isn't about a lack of resources. There's more than enough for a 20-minute monologue, to be honest. But more of that I'm not sure how to put it all together. As I mentioned, what is and isn't considered sons is... It's a little prone to interpretation. Many studies are based on autopsies performed on the hearts of those who died. And it's pretty much an exclusion diagnosis at this point. They basically rule out deaths that are due to other known diseases, such as myocardial infarction, otherwise known as a heart attack, myocarditis, or inflammation of the myocardium, the heart muscle, 
death from an acute coronary thrombosis, and so on. And whoever are left, well, those are considered the son's patients. And sure, we're doing heart autopsies now. But before autopsy findings became the standard for a son's diagnosis, which actually I don't think it is yet really, there still doesn't seem to be any agreed-upon international standard on how to posthumously diagnose sons. However, most studies I've read focus on unexplained cardiac death as a cause and therefore explain why cardiac autopsies are done. But anyway, before we started doing autopsies, we couldn't possibly know that this guy, in the peak of health, supposedly anyway, who died at night, potentially from a fatal visit by a vengeful spirit, there's no way to be 100% sure that he died from sons rather than an explainable cause, like, say, a heart attack. And so that's one point. There was likely an overestimation of sons cases in the past. That is, if we're considering the definition of sons today, which is not having another explainable cause of this nocturnal death. The fact that these cases occur almost exclusively in Southeast Asians might lead you to question why that's so. Is it because there's some genetic components, some gene mutation or mutations that somehow leads to young, healthy men dying in their sleep? Or is it more of a cultural thing? I don't mean so much in the sense that there are young people dying in the night, but rather that maybe it's more evident and it's received a bit more attention because of the belief that there's this one specific creature that's causing these deaths. Especially because, as I already mentioned, suddenly dying in your sleep doesn't immediately mean that you suffered from suns. For example, it could have been a heart attack, or it could have been due to some other underlying structural cardiac condition. Some cases of sons, by which I mean presumed sons, have even turned out to be due to a form of acute pancreatitis, a sudden onset inflammation of the pancreas which can constitute a medical emergency. I actually wonder if anyone's done a research study on non-Southeast Asians who fit all the other criteria. Young, tip-top shape, heavy labor, possibly immigrant, and died in their sleep. Just to see if you'll get the same autopsy findings on the heart. I feel like that'd be a little difficult to get funding for though. Just imagine asking for it, like, yeah, it's a widely accepted cultural phenomenon, but like, can you give us money for this research anyway? Because we just want to be sure. That aside, molecular genetics might hold an answer to the culture specificity of this syndrome because different gene mutations have been found in sons. Some mutations affect the sodium channels, important in conducting nerve impulses in muscles, not least of which is the heart. Some also have mutated calcium channels, which are also involved in impulse conduction, as well as the actual contraction of the heart muscle. Mutations in genes responsible for many, many other important proteins have also been found in sons. Honestly, it was a little overwhelming to read even just the summaries of these studies. The thing about mutations, though, is that they aren't always inherently bad or pathogenic. 
they're just variations from the usual gene sequence and may not cause any discernible difference, or they might even be good from an evolutionary standpoint. I bring this up because as it turns out, the American College of Medical Genetics doesn't consider many of the genetic variants found in sons' cases to be pathogenic, meaning that they don't cause the disease, or in this case, the syndrome. Instead, sons is considered a multi-gene disorder, and you need to have more than one mutation, and particular mutations at that, to have sons. What's interesting is that what seems to have led to the molecular genetics investigations into this syndrome is its association with another disorder, Brugada syndrome. Both syndromes lead to cardiac-related deaths in the absence of any structural abnormality of the heart, and they share similar characteristics. Young healthy males in nocturnal sleep usually occurring after large, carbohydrate-rich meals, and they're both also more prevalent in Southeast Asian countries. Also, the electrocardiogram findings are quite similar. Early genetic studies actually proposed that these two conditions are the same, in terms of genetic and functional alterations. This was later found to be untrue. They're different syndromes, albeit very similar in terms of many features. And now, shifting gears from genetics, let's talk bigger picture. What researchers theorize are the potential causes of these as-yet-unexplained deaths? One theory is arrhythmia, or abnormal heart rhythm. When you have an arrhythmia, the heart might be breathing too quickly, or too slowly, or just generally irregular. The heart is composed of four chambers. You have two atria at the top, which push blood into the lower chambers, the ventricles. The ventricles will then pump that blood out and into the rest of the body. And to keep this whole system functioning smoothly and in concert, there's this whole conduction system, which sends out impulses to control the heart. Problems in this conduction system lead to arrhythmias. It's ventricular arrhythmias in particular or abnormal rhythm in the beating of the ventricles, which are recognized as a major cause of sons. And some risk factors for ventricular arrhythmias, like carbohydrate-rich diets and potassium deficiency, possibly due to potassium channel disorders, have also been noticed in sons patients. Another name for potassium deficiency is hypokalemia. If you look at the table of elements, you'll see that potassium is abbreviated as K from the name kalium. Hypokalemia can cause muscle paralysis, and some research has found that hypokalemic paralysis was prevalent in the same population and geographical area as sons. It also generally occurred either in the middle of the night or in the early hours of the morning, which again is consistent with sons. Oxygen is really important to tissue staying alive, Hypoxia and hypoxemia, or low oxygen levels in tissue and in blood respectively, may also be an important abnormality in sons. Significant nocturnal hypoxia, or low levels of oxygen at night, was found in people who had a history of near sons or a family history of sons. As I already mentioned, 
In the first episode where I spoke about nightmares and nightmare creatures, I likened them to obstructive sleep apnea, a very common sleep-related disorder. And I didn't get too into it then, but I mentioned that there are many systems which can be affected as a result of this disorder, including the cardiovascular system. It's been found that obstructive sleep apnea hypopnea syndrome can increase the risk of developing ventricular arrhythmias. And just to explain the words a little bit, apnea is a full stop in airflow or in respiration, whereas hypopnea is just a reduction in it. And so it does seem that OSA may contribute to the development of SUNS anyway. Another sleep disorder which may be involved in SUNS is night terrors. Night terrors are more common in children, but they can also be found in adults. Night terrors are characterized by vocalizations, for example, screaming or groaning, as well as flailing or thrashing around, and those who suffer from it can't be woken up. All of which can be seen in son's cases before death. There's even a hypothesized mechanism where night terrors could increase the risk of ventricular arrhythmias occurring in people who already have certain conduction defects in their heart. Night terrors are also a potential explanation to the decrease in SUNS cases from 1981 to 1987. Adults who suffer from night terrors have high levels of depression, anxiety, and hostility, which were similar to those of Southeast Asian refugees in the first year and a half after migration. However, after several years, these symptoms improved, as did the occurrence of SUNS. I think that now is a good time to talk about the lasting consequences of sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. Even though there's the word death in the title of the syndrome, SUNS is by no means a death sentence, and some people have actually been resuscitated. However, whereas those who experience night terrors rarely remember the episode in the morning, and those with OSA are, for the most part, blissfully unaware of their condition, some of those who've experienced a near-death sons stated that they, quote, must deal with the terror and fear that it can recur again. So you can only imagine what havoc that can wreak on a person's mental health. And one final little tidbit. In my research, I found out that the Dacho was the inspiration for the nightmare on Elm Street. From what I gather, this isn't an obscure fact at all. In fact, many big horror film fans already know about it. But I'm not huge on the horror and supernatural film genre in general, and I tend to avoid these movies whenever possible. So that was news to me, at least. And that's all for this episode. Normally, this is where I say next month, but because this episode came out way late, I'll instead say that in a couple of weeks, we're going to have another plant-based episode. We'll be talking about mistletoe, its role in the Norse god Baldur's death, what the ancient druids thought about it, and finally, its role in modern medicine. If you like the show, 
please follow it on your preferred podcast app and please consider rating the show and leaving a review. It gets the word out about the show and I really appreciate getting feedback from all of you. Also, tell your friends about it. You can also reach the show on social media, whether to suggest a topic, talk about which sun's causing creature is your favorite, or just say hi. You can find the show on Twitter at AnatomythPod and on Instagram and Facebook at Anatomith. You can also send an email to audrey at anatomith.com. Links to the website and social media are in the show notes. I'm Audrey, your host, and this was Anatomith. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.